I've heard of the singer. Uh, her brother plays for the Eagles. Um, her brother Swift. plays for the Eagles. Yeah, Swift's sister Taylor. Oh, okay. I think oh, she's okay. been into sports recently. Maybe she. I heard she sings. Philadelphia Soccer Now. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I'm up here in Philly. It is episode 138. Uh, so Luke owes everyone an apology for not giving a podcast for a while. I've been recording them weekly. <laughs> I just don't know how to post them. So um, I wish that was the case. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about our trip to Columbus, the Union um playing Pictionary. Uh, <laughs> drawing a lot. Um and then how we feel about the last three games of the season and going into the playoffs. So Luke, Columbus, Doopy Dad. Uh yeah, it was fun. Um you and I have tried to do ideally a yearly trip on a, to a, a new away way game each year last year ended up just being la la for the final but so this year we we plan a columbus trip with doopy dad this is his first time doing it the three of us which, which was, it was really fun um we was you know a quick trip but we stayed in uh, around ohio state university the we got a nice airbnb right in the in the heart of the greek life which was really funny um, Dad thought he was booking us a very conveniently located uh, Airbnb right next to the stadium, but he was looking at the uh, historic Cruise Stadium. So we got a nice. We, we visited that because it was it was right there, and it was cool. And we got to you know we saw a lot of Ohio State, which is cool to see too. But it was a funny, funny, uh, classic doopy trip uh, incident. Um, and yeah, Columbus was a cool was a cool little town, but it was all about the game, and we spent all day saturday kind of making our way down towards the stadium and it was a, it was a fun time yeah um yeah we rode <laughs> we rode those little scooters for the first time which was yeah. hilarious yeah we dri- rode oh. those to the old stadium which was like was really funny we just circled around the stadium which was really funny if you haven't been to historic cruise stadium um i don't want to say you're not missing much but it, yeah. it was just crazy to think that the most historic u.s games have occurred there on u.s soil yeah uh, it it really just looks like a big high school stadium right, it is right. wild to think that u.s versus mexico could exist in that building but yeah. that that's where it was um so that was pretty cool uh i feel like our weekend was really boosted by nice weather so that was oh, nice yeah, it was beautiful there so check weather before you plan a trip and <laughs> I, I drove from Virginia, yeah. and it was a pretty fun drive because it was just like through mountains and not on highways. I was thinking it would probably be a pretty awful drive for you from Philly because it'd just be on the turnpike. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, we got to. Uh, I, I, we went to I think every bar in the city before the game, <laughs> um, yeah. and then got to the game, and we were in great shape. I felt like all things considered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. And that stadium is amazing. 
It was. It was yeah. really nice. Where would you rank that stadium as far as ones? So it's the nicest ones we've been to. Well, we could start from the bottom. What's the worst stadium in MLS that we've been to? Uh, Gillette. I would put Gillette. Oh no. Um, yeah. and honestly, a close second might be uh, Colorado. It's yeah. It's at least a soccer-specific stadium, but the atmosphere was pretty weak. It's really far out there. Yeah. Outside of Denver, but at least it's a, yeah soccer-specific. Um, and then so the other ones would be. Well, I, oh, I, I, I so went to Yankee Stadium last year, so I, I put that below all of them. That's yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's the weirdest one. Um, and then there is DC, there's DC, Red Bull, Minnesota, LA, Columbus are like the good ones. Yeah, um, yeah, I haven't been to Red Bull, but it's nice. Where, yeah. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Where yeah. would you put the Union Stadium? in that rankings i so it's tough because it's old and these new ones like they're built right you know like they they're they're just better because they're newer and it's you know there's more investment in soccer you know more than than there was when the union had theirs and they and they're playing the compromise by the recession and all the economic stuff that happened back then um I would put it. It's tough. I I put it above DC, even though I like DC Stadium. I can't put ours behind them. Yeah, I feel like theirs doesn't have much a uh, character or soul to it. Yeah, it's very it's like, nice. It's a very nice, very nice spot. Look like location in the city and all that. Um, really can't complain about it. But yeah, it yeah it doesn't feel as um I don't know cool to be there. I I I I have to put Red Bull Arena above ours because it's just it's a, just a good stadium location wise. Okay. It's okay. But it's the stadium itself. It's it's good. It feels like a, the right size stadium and the right like kind of shape for a stadium, um, in, at least in America. But Columbus, Minnesota, and LA are like well above all those. Yeah. Um, I don't. They're all. They feel very similar. It's hard to like differentiate. I know like you and I really liked Minnesota. But I feel like yeah, that was like- also just another like really really great day. We yeah. saw it like on like this like it was like very very new too. It was like the first year it was open. Um I feel like it just had more of a shape to it. I feel like yeah. one thing that LAFC and Columbus had a similar is they were just a lot of rectangles, a lot of just yeah. kind of standard where rectangle roof, rectangle seating arrangements, um mm-hmm. yeah. Minnesota was, yeah. Minnesota was a little more unique because it has the on the one side it's like the wall. And that like goes higher. It feels like it goes higher than any other point of the stadiums, and it's like not as like rectangular. I feel like, and then the other side is the brew hall, which is like the super long bar that goes across the stretch of the that end. Yeah, so I, I think like that's that like one's unique. My favorite, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, Crew no, Stadium was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so lineup comes out. We're looking at. Uh, um, bit rotation with Sullivan and Donovan. Yep. And shout out to Donovan real quick. He traveled from Ohio straight to New England and played for U2 the next day. So that was pretty impressive. That is, yeah. Um, uh, obviously, Harriel gets the goal. Um, yeah, and that's. I, don't know. The... I mean, we could talk through the highlights. What, what do you want to talk about, you know, lineup wise? How did you like so the union? Yeah, like you said, the first half it was Donovan Sullivan up top. It, you know, Sullivan's been informed, but it's still a drop from 
Karanza, Eula, and Gazdog behind them, or you know, instead of them. So it it, it felt weird. like we were, we're a little let down seeing that with this game we traveled to was gonna like have some rotated players. Um, but they all came in in the second half, and that's really the thing where things really turned around. In the first half, the guys that were out there got the job, you know, did their job basically. They, you know, created some chances. They didn't look terrible, but, you know, they obviously didn't score anything, but they held on and didn't concede anything. So it kind of felt like job well done. And then the second half is when Union were going to, like, kick it into gear and bring on the three starters, or, the, yeah, the three starters, and um, really kind of put the pressure on Columbus. And that's, that's essentially what happened. Um, how do you feel about that kind of approach in a game like this where it really mattered against a team that was right that's right next to us in the in the standings and we're you know this far into the season yeah i mean yeah i mean you you pretty much said it uh what i did like though um is that despite having the rotated lineup at the half the big dogs came in it wasn't we we didn't wait till 60 um Mm -hmm. then we didn't also make these stupid little let me make one sub and then a minute later we'll make another which mm-hmm. i had a problem with in a previous game yeah um it was an aggressive planned out attack i mean i assume they planned it out i mean i guess if you know donovan and sullivan lit up the columbus defense i'm guessing things may have changed but um yeah it was it was cool and i was very happy to see that because i feel like that's a growth that we haven't really seen mm-hmm. that's true. in some planned rotations and planned um execution of like later subs and stuff but i feel like that wholesale big three coming in at halftime um was the first time that that's really been executed like that way mm-hmm. uh yeah so. and, and it kind of would like us slightly had to do it like we did have some guys that were out um, like Martinez is still out, so you have to put Bueno. We put Bueno back there because Flock's also out. Since like so, Bueno is really the only um, number six that that we have on the roster. So you, that means you have to play Bedoya, and they they played in a that like a three five two. So that I think some of, some of those um, injuries ha- caused uh, this this tr- kind of uh, rotation too, because it kind of like they had to change the formation and these are the kind of guys that we have or kind of have to work with. So I feel like that's also another factor. Um, but the, the back three, I think it was, it was decent. I, I think Carrio played a better job than expected in the back three to, to mm-hmm. fill in for Glesnes. Um, yeah, we scored the goal, but I think just, I mean, we, we love his defensive game and, and, but he held strong and didn't really get too lost because they're playing against some, some good attackers in, in Cucho and, you know, Rossi and all those and the, the, on the on the Columbus lineup, but I, I, it it was it was a it's a weird game to take have a lot of uh, like hot takes on or because you know once it won it's a tie, but it, the unit did they were kind of disappointing and especially with the Ua miss, but um, a tie a good it was a good tie I guess. Yeah, and we we were talking about Ua earlier in the day. Um, let's just get into. It. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I wonder if another team, and this was what I was talking to you and Doofy Dad about, mm-hmm. has brought in their biggest name player and has been unable or unwilling to play him for a full game in two years, because it is just incredible to me that a guy like, <coughs> excuse me, Carranza and Gazdag, who seemingly work just as hard and harder 
um, defensively and such that they can play the 90. Mm-hmm. But the guy who's making more bigger signing isn't able to play 90. And like, and that, and that's not anything related to just this game, but it's just been a thing for the last two years. Like, it, I feel like we've kind of waited. Like, okay, when can we see him play a full 90 and be effective for 90? And it's a shame that that's never been a thing that you've been able to rely on with this guy. And you would think you'd be able to get that. Because then it allows you to do different things with subs and you don't have to waste, not waste, but you don't have to always know that <clears throat> you're going to have to use a sub on him, you know, in case Sullivan is our only offensive sub and Bedoya goes down or something where mm-hmm. now you're thinking, okay, well, Ua's got to come out at 75th minute and uh, so we're, we're not going to be able to have two strikers up top or something like that. Um, so I am... I, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's it is concerning. Um, I, yeah, it's you was just a weird one because he shows quality and like we know he's a good player and he works hard. Like he still like does his job and isn't just like moping around because he's not getting goals or getting service or whatever. Like he's he's still running around and trying to get involved. It, he's just like not finding the game, so it feels like it's just like a confidence thing at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sometimes I just can't tell if um, we. I don't. This is going to sound more uh, aggressive than I really want it to be, mm. but I don't know if we bargain shopped too low for this one. I I mean, we spent like you said, we spent a lot of money on him. He was but the like golden boot come. winner in in the Danish league. Right, and so, so my like, point being, he was a you know, so, proven player. I mean, like we spent money on in, in the Danish league, though. Like, is the Danish league? Uh, I mean, that's the that's the same team that uh, Honey Mukhtar came from. So I feel like I don't know. I, I don't know if that that. I don't want to. No, I'm just I'm just I'm just stating what I've seen. It doesn't seem like he's as he's obviously not as good as Honey Mukhtar. Sure. Um, but you know, we've never seen him play ninety hasn't been finding the game. Sometimes I feel like he can't, if he's not beating someone vertically with speed, once he gets caught up to someone, or once the defender catches up to him, I feel like he's out of ideas, and that's 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 a tough thing with him. But, I mean, yeah. he's the guy. If we can play him in behind, he's a difference maker. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's enough right now. Um, and, and, yeah, like you said, it might just be a confidence thing, and you were kind of saying... Um, you're comparing it to a basketball player, Trey Turner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Phillies. Evan Turner. Evan, Evan Turner. Evan Turner. Sure. Yeah. No, the uh, Phillies player Trey Turner, who the the Phillies fans rallied around him as after he was he's been having a, a rough season, and then they rallied around him, gave him a standing ovation one game, and then after that he kind of lit it up because he kind of you know felt the love, started feeling some confidence in himself, and it kind of like turned around his season. And now he's killing in the playoffs, hopefully. Um, but is there something from Denmark that we can bring and throw at him from the stadium? <laughs> like I mean, there is that like, little right? that the Michael Uwa chant that like the supporters, like the Sons of Ben and Kirsten Ultras, have sung sung them. But like, if we get like the whole stadium doing that, like right rallying around him, like maybe that'll give him a little boost of confidence that can get him do going. You think, do you think it's because like maybe the Sons of Ben and Keystone Ultras just have bad voices and they're just like, oh gosh, <laughs> these guys are singing again. I'm, yeah, not, I'm that, not playing good. We need that little Danish kid that that video came from. We need him. Yeah, just like, bring, we need, fly that kid out. 
have them, you know, start the song, have them hanging out with Faye and get it all, you know, get it going. Or you, you know what? Here, here's a relevance um, pop culture thing. I've heard of this singer. Uh, her brother plays for the Eagles. Um, her brother Swift. plays for the Eagles. Yeah, Swift's sister Taylor. Oh, okay. I think oh, she's okay. been into sports recently. Maybe she. I heard she sings. Have uh, her come and sing the Ula song. Yeah, like that, sports. Now. That could do it. That could do it. Yeah. Um, I think if we get if we get her out here singing the Ula song, then I think he'll start lighting it up. There you um, go. Yeah. Well, I think we solved it. Well done. There you go. Cool. Uh, yeah, that was just a that was a very weird uh, play though, where Ula misses. The breakaway, but before that, Carranza's. Where Carranza's pulled down for a guaranteed red card. Yeah, and then it's not. Well, yeah, because it's it because it would be. Well, I, I get it because it would be a denial of a goal scoring opportunity, but then right. there literally was a goal scoring opportunity right after it. Yeah. So I guess that takes away the red and makes it a yellow because there's still you know the foul. But they just called it after because they, they gave us advantage. So I, I I do get the logic, but it, it just it's just tough. Like you know, you yeah. You, it went from it went from I saw someone oh man I forget who, but someone on Twitter was making a good point. Like the ref needs to be able to recognize the advantage, um, like the different aspects of the advantage, like an advantage of a man up versus an advantage of a breakaway versus an advantage of a PK or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like us playing through, which is, yeah, I've been annoyed with. I know, like, I've said on the bottom, I'm tired of guys just falling down too much. So now it's like almost the opposite where we played through. Yeah. And it actually almost, I mean, it hurt us in the end because they didn't get punished at all. Yeah. And yeah. They should have. They, I mean, they got away with one there. And that basically, yeah. And then you, you noted that we got along, away with one as well. So, um, what goes around comes around, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There was a no call on Elliot in the box at like the very end of the game, and it, it that that one was a little bit more up for debate. But it felt like it could have easily been called for a PK for for Columbus. So that you know, yeah, it, it, it happens. Uh, there's been weirder refing things that happened this weekend, even with the the Tottenham Liverpool VAR stuff. So I, I, you know, it could be worse. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I was listening to people talk about that on the radio, and um, I think I actually agreed with Ray Hudson. He was kind of making the point. So maybe a little technical difficulties, but uh, Ray Hudson was saying what goes around comes around, kind of misses those days without the VAR. That's kind of what I miss and like, but then the other side of the argument is there's so many eyes, so much technology, so much money in the game that that's not really an acceptable thing anymore, and I totally get that. It's just tough to imagine with all that is trying to be implemented into the games that refereeing decisions is still something that is coming up not only in MLS, not as much maybe, um, but also across the world and uh, Liverpool and Tottenham, and just kind of just kind of wild stuff that refereeing is still a discussion. I mean, it's a tough job. <laughs> I I don't know. No, yeah, yeah I'm I, not going to say it's, it's not a tough job. It's yeah. Just, uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to us just um, yeah. We're not the only sport that's dealing with this stuff, though. I mean, you saw Bryce Harper get ejected for arguing a call that he was clearly right on, and then he got fined for it. So it's, it's all bad. <laughs> no, well, you're looking at that story the wrong way. Bryce Harper was given the opportunity to walk off the field and give a fan uh, 
piece of memorabilia that um, they'll cherish forever. So that's, that's true. Way to be negative, but I, for <laughs> one, uh, went to that kid's house and stole it right out of his bedroom. And so it's on eBay now. Yeah, look at the positives, my friend. <laughs> um, right. Do you have a union vest, union wears for this this one? Uh, I'll, I'll go union best Nate Harrell. I feel like mm. he's done a good job, um, and this is kind of uh, bigger than just this game, but uh, just throughout the season and being able to just be solid and counted on in many ways, outside back, inside back, scoring some goals. I feel like he's had a very strong campaign, and I've just been very happy and proud of, uh, of his play. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. I'll go Andre Blake. Um, oh, yeah, he had a great game. We didn't, didn't even talk about it yet, but yeah, he played awesome, saved us. You know, kept us in this game a lot, and you know, almost. No, I guess he didn't almost have the peak. I'm thinking of the U2 game. Um, yeah, yeah, but he he had a great game, and without him, we would have lost this. So Andre Blake, I hope his groin's okay. Like it's, we we'll probably get into the, all of his comments after the game later, but uh. I, I hope that's not much of an issue, but I guess having Elliot just take taking a sixes isn't, you know, they could deal with that if that's all mm -hmm. it is. Um, Union best. I go. I already gave that one. I'll go oh, Union sorry, worst. Union worst. Yep. Um, I'll, I'm just gonna have to go with Ua. I know it's easy, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, what's what's his goal total in the season? That's a you good know. question. I can look it up. Um, um but it's not. I, I remember something that like five of his goals came from two games or something like that. Yeah, so he it's did not, have that one hat trick. Yeah, so he it's has not eight, like eight goals. Eight goals, that's and so five bad. of them were from two of the games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, not not great. Yeah, want to guess who's number four on the list of Union top goal scorers this year? Um, hold on, let me let me look it up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I promise. Behind uh, the top, the the three main guys, who you can guess. Is it Martinez? Yeah. Oh, nice. Because yeah, he has got three, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right. yeah, I see it now. Nice. Um. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's that's a fair one. I'll go Elliot because of the PK was unfortunate, and then you almost gave another one. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's kind of wild to see that our, our top goal scorers this year compared to last year. Yeah, it, we, it's it's weird. I feel like this whole season, this whole the whole league is like down on goal mm -hmm. goal scoring because like the golden boot race is pretty small. Yeah, in terms of not like total. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Let's go ahead and uh, take a break after this. Um, yeah, we'll talk about. Three games left heading into the playoffs and uh, other things going around the league. Hey guys, Stupid Brothers Podcast presented by Philadelphia Soccer Now. Uh, let's talk about the last three games of the season. Only three left. That's wild to think about. Luke, you said you're going to two of the three, which means two of them are home. Mm -hmm. Atlanta and Nashville this week, followed up by New England. Um... The East is wild. Everyone's within like two points of each other, and they're all playing each other. You said so. Mm -hmm. uh, what What do you think the Union need out of these three? What would you like, and what would be disastrous? I I mean, disastrous is losing them all or continuing to tie them all. But um, I think like 
aside from like before we get to like the numbers i think they need like one good emphatic like confidence boosting win like it can't just be like a nervy like eke out a 2-1 win where like we score like two pks and they like the other team is dominating I, I think we need like a big confident win just to like get their form and like in confidence going getting into the playoffs because like obviously they have the experience but like the form has been just off and it, i think they just need that kind of like an exciting game to really like get them geared up for the playoffs right um as as far as like the last three games i i think they need like i mean at least five points i don't know maybe what it's always hard to like get gauge a number because it's it, i mean especially this because everyone's playing each other mm-hmm. um all right let me ask you this which yeah. of those three teams if you wanted to get a big win over yeah. atlanta nashville or new england which one would feel the best it uh, i love beating atlanta yeah i think also think as of those three i'm most afraid of them even though the other mm-hmm. two are higher in the standings i think atlanta just has the firepower so i think beating them will feel most good um yeah but i think then it would be new england because they're ahead of us so that, that would hopefully lead for Argos over them to, to end the season which would be good because Nashville is kind of falling down right right um all right yeah good i'd probably probably agree with that cool. um do you have a preferred um opponent in the first final playoffs that you're trying to like see hope you would like us to end up with um gosh i mean it might be nashville just i mean i i don't like going up against a star player mm-hmm. they have or obviously and, and walker zimmerman mm-hmm. but they do seem to be going the wrong way yeah um i mean obviously yeah i don't I don't know if we'll be high enough to face. Oh wait, no. NYC and Montreal would, or the eight-nine play to play number the yeah, ones. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah, Nashville might at, even be out of reach at this point for us to yeah, play them. So we're, we're looking at two through seven at yeah. this point. Um, gosh, I mean, I don't really want to face Columbus because they've got Nancy plus some solid players, but at the same time, like they're not. That's scary. Atlanta, I don't really want to play because of Almada. Mm. New New England might be, and like Orlando, I don't know. Orlando is just kind of a thorn in the side. I maybe yeah. I'd just rather avoid them, but yeah. I think it'd be between New England and Nashville with Columbus. Yeah, I think the, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Weird. I really don't feel too threatened by New England, even though they're above us and. I feel like they have been above us most of the year. Like yeah. we, we beat them pretty handily at home whenever that was. I can't remember how we played them away, but I just don't th- think they're a scary team. And like they lost Serena and like they seem to have dealt with all that drama. So that's not really as much of a factor, but like that roster, it's like it's Carlos Heel and then um that one winger Shankalai or something like that. He's like seems pretty good too, but like there are some like I'm not. It, they're not that intimidating of a roster, so I I I'd be totally fine against them. And, and like going on the road at at Gillette is way more manageable than any of these other places. So yeah, right. Uh, yep, I I would agree. 
Um, and that would be a home and away or best of three. The best of first round is best of three. Yeah. Okay. Same. So, we that's like home, like the first round, like us, not the, the wild horror playing game. Yeah, the playing game is a single a, game, and then it's a the first like official round is a is a best of three, and then after that it's a single game. It's single game. Yeah. So only the first wow. like round is a best of three. It's weird. Wow. It's also weird that I feel like I'm a MLS nut and I could not have told someone that. Yeah, it's weird. Um, just right, because last quick. year they had the, it was just totally fine, but it's it's a separate conversation, I guess. Yeah. Um. So that's a lot of games, and I want to jump into this real quick. Then we mm-hmm. get to the other questions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the talk and Blake have mentioned it. Um, too many games. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, it seems right, and like, like what right. he's saying, and it's it. Yeah, it's like that's showing because all these guys are getting injured. All these teams have to rotate a lot, and like, yeah, like I don't think Jim wanted to rotate against Columbus in this situation, but like, so they had a team up. to account for against Atlanta and the travel, and like, it it feels like it's necessary. So, would an argument be? That we can keep as many games, but we need more money. I mean, yeah. so so I guess is it too many games or not enough? Not enough depth. I mean, it's it's both. It's it really depends on like how they want to address it. It seems like the league and Apple want all these games. So the what they're gonna have to do to make everyone happy and healthy and keep the quality good is give these teams more money to build out the roster more and you know add add to the roster because that's the only way they're going to have to be able to survive and and not have like these players like want to leave the league because they're getting just burnt out by all this um i i personally like i think there should be less games i feel like the i it was harder for me this year than than previous to, to get into this season one because the union's performance was like somewhat mediocre most of the time but like i just feel like all this all these games kept happening and it's like it doesn't matter as much like look at like miami like they sucked for most of the year and now they're charging up the playoffs and like chicago has a chance for playoffs and like that's also has to do with like how many teams get in but like you could win like you you could turn your season around and make playoffs pretty easily in this league so like the season just matters way less so like uh, and there's all these tournaments like leagues cup is a massive thing now to do account for and there's still open cup which is you know worth uh uh, I don't know it, it's worth having so it's like not that they want to like cut any of these like tournaments like but it's just something mm-hmm. has to give so like I don't know it just feels like too much on the players yeah and it's it is weird that like they add a uh, a competition without lowering the amount of games that the players are expected to play for the regular season yeah because um, it, it has felt like it's been Saturday Wednesday Saturday Wednesday yeah for most of the year, and I feel like it's never been like that. The Wednesday I feel like used to be a, oh maybe once a month thing. Yeah. Um, and it felt like be... such a big deal because it was so rare, but like the players yeah. weren't used to it, so like having that midweek game felt like such a, a hindrance. And now it's just like so common that they're just dealing with this hindrance. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess so. Would you prefer 
less games or would you prefer more depth or would you prefer money for higher quality depth? Um, I, well, first, I, I'd say I prefer less games, but I also, I mean, it's also good to, to give these games more money to increase the roster and, and the quality. Um, so, like, not against that, but I just, I don't know, I think there has to be a little bit of both to, mm-hmm. you know, right. keep things good. Um, I don't know. Yeah, fair. All right, going into the playoffs, Steph will come into play with this. Yeah. Uh, what is your preferred formation, the four four two or the three five two? Um, with everyone healthy, yeah, I think it's the four four two. You know, mm-hmm. once once we get Martinez back at the base of the diamond, we can be way more flexible with the rest of the midfield, and we have the strikers. And I think with Quinn jumping into form, and I think Baribo's got enough quality and is getting enough minutes that going into the playoffs, he should be comfortable enough to be a sub that will have like two decent striker sub options, including Chris Donovan, who has improved this season as well. Like, I think that's the formation that fits the team best. But it's like kind of just nice to have the, the other one as like a backup. I, I prefer the diamond. Yeah. You? Yeah, I definitely prefer the diamond. Um, Martinez is so crucial right now, yeah. and we really, we really need him. We really need him to just be ready for the playoffs. Yep. Um, yeah, and I want, I want McGlynn further up the field doing good things. Yep. Uh, I think there has been an improvement in not playing, but the entire time. Yeah. I feel like and uh, taking him out. Yeah, it's good to be a little more strategic with them. I think they can, Jim can hopefully like save him to be like, bring him in maybe the last 30 minutes when it's games on a line and we need a little bit more offensive than, than Bueno tend, tends to provide or something. But I yeah. yeah, I think Jim is playing him smarter. Yeah, that's nice to see. Another mm-hmm. growth that we uh, haven't seen in the past. Yeah. Um. All right, so five straight draws. I'm going to ask you confidence meter Mm -hmm. for each of the positions. Um, Going into the playoffs, how confident, and you kind of mentioned the groin, how Mm -hmm. confident are you in Andre Blake right now? Um, I'm still very confident because even with the groin, he was making all the the saves in the Columbus game. And if it's, again, if it's just going to be he can't take sixes, then I think they can deal with that enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So and I'm, like I'm, I, you know, I'm very confident in his goalkeeping ability. So it's really just as long as he's healthy. All right, defense. Lesnes dealing with some injuries this year. Do, all right, you okay. you go you do this one. I don't want to give all the answers. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah. So you have Lesnes, but hopefully coming back. Um. I know you haven't been psyched about Lowe's performance, but I think yet he he's been. Playing decent, he played decent against Columbus. Um, Elliot had kind of a shaky game, and we have, uh, you know, our fullbacks. You know, our fullbacks. So, what how, what's your what's your confidence level for them? Yeah, uh, I think if if Glesnes, Elliot, Ariel, Wagner, my confidence is very high. I think if we start messing around with three three center backs, or mm-hmm. maybe if we're forced to because uh, someone's hurt or something like that, then my confidence goes down a little bit. But what if I it's don't... what if it's Harriel instead of Lowe in the back three with a healthy Glasnus and Elliot? Does that change at all? Uh, it might go up a little bit. I know that's weird. Yeah. It's just I just 
don't necessarily trust low right now yeah i feel like he's gonna be I, mean, I feel like he's had some good games but he's also had some games where he just looks a bit of a mess or that he's just more interested in knocking into guys rather than not and it's like yeah. until he gets that yellow he just keeps doing it mm-hmm. i've noticed that i feel like the team gets in that way sometimes um yeah they start swiping uh, as far yeah. as Bizo versus Harrell, I think for the playoffs, I would prefer Harrell mm. um, defensively. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's providing offense, scoring goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously, Wagner. Wagner. Mm-hmm. All right. See, so now you have midfield. So, I, four, I, yeah, three, I, five, I, I think it definitely does depend on Martinez's health. But aside from that, I feel pretty good. Um, I it seems I guess, like I guess we're not giving numbers. To... Well, let's Sorry. back it up. We're, we said confidence meter, and this is on a scale of ten: super confident, one not confident at all. Where would you put Blake? <laughs> Did Sorry. we? Get... Well, yeah, we didn't even give any numbers. Blake, uh, I'm gonna say nine, with the one just being uh, the groin. All right, defense. I'll put seven. Okay. And not the year that they've been have, not the years that they've had in the past, but I still think they're above average yeah okay i'll put the midfield i think i'll also put them at a seven mm-hmm. um yeah like i said it it depends on martinez's ability or uh, health but um if if that's the case i feel pretty good i just feel like there hasn't been a whole lot of not, not really a whole lot of like goal production outside of god's dog uh-huh so that's maybe that's con- like a little concerning um, but it, as a whole, like there's a lot of talent and a lot of generally a lot of flexibility on the, in the midfield. Yeah. Um, I'll do offense. I'm yep. going to put them at a four. Okay. So below average, yeah. I think Carranza is the stud. I think between Ua, Sullivan, Donovan, and, uh, Barabow, I don't know if we have a solid number two. Um, yeah, and so many of our goals have come from guys that getting PKs anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if those guys can figure out getting into the box and getting fouled, that helps a lot. But <laughs> I just look at some of the other teams, and I would – I don't think many of our guys would be close to starters on their teams other than Carranza. Yeah. I would put Carranza in any, in any team, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I put them at a four. Okay. Yeah. Feels low, but you're making points. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if we're our offense is clicking at a Yeah, I think it's a little below average. I mean let's yeah. Yeah. let me well, look at the playoffs team. Goals four, we're at fifty three. Um Cincinnati fifty three, so even with them, we're above Orlando. They've only got forty nine. New England's got fifty one. But below us Columbus sixty one. Atlanta six oh sixty two for Columbus sixty one for Atlanta. So and then there's a big drop off after that. So we, we're right in the we're kind of like average of that top six, and yeah. then Nashville's down at thirty six. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah. I mean, if Columbus and Atlanta are scoring about ten more goals than us, if we added ten to ours, that would be. Kind of back to where we were last year. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. Very nice. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So below, below but yeah, fair. Uh, where's your confidence in the coaching? Yeah. <laughs> I think good. I, I'll say, I'll put it at a seven too. I feel like okay. it's yeah. it's good. I think, you know, obviously like there's, there's a lot of experience now with, with Curtin and the, and the whole team, but I think he's learned kind of how to work with his team. I know there's, I feel like there's been a lot of changes or uh, I don't know, tweaking this whole season. Huh. And, but I think I kind of feel like going to the playoffs, he's going to go back to the, like the, kind of traditional like 442 and not like overthink it as much because he has been there before and he kind of like knows what to rely on in, in these situations so i i kind of put my trust in in him so i'll say seven maybe leading towards eight an eight okay yeah 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 i think i think he he has shown experience this year in growth um still sometimes i'm not sure if i completely agree with his decisions Sure, but yeah. um, I, I would go with any coach. Yeah, but I do think one consistent thing that's been over the past few years is his willingness to eventually change and eventually learn from different uh, things that have happened in games. And yeah, um, I think that's a very very strong thing. Definitely. Um, cool. All right. Uh I pulled up the stats. And I just kind of want to see if you've got a good feel on the union season. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Yep. So I'm going to give you a stat, a stat, um, and you'll give me your goal is to get the top three of this category. Okay. All right. And I'm only doing ones that I think there might be something interesting in it. Okay. All right. So let's do minutes played on the season. Minutes played. Yeah. So, I mean, Glasnes. Glasnes is number two. Number two. Yeah. Um, Elliot then. Elliot's number one. And now number three, I found interesting. Huh. I would have. I would have put Wagner. He was number four. Okay. Then. Hmm. Uh, Carranza. Carranza number five. Oh damn! Grazdog. Gazdag, number three. And I just thought that was very cool to see our number 10 um, just playing so many minutes. I thought yeah. that was a very cool. Blake was number six. Well, yeah, he had some, well, he had like injury stuff and Jamaica yeah. and everything. So, um, all right. Uh, yeah, so I just, I thought that was cool that Gazdag was number three. Yeah, that, that's, that's good. Pretty huge. Yeah. Um, assist. Hmm. Um, Gazdog? Gazdog one. Yeah. Wagner? Wagner two. Nice. Now three is interesting. Three is interesting. Martinez? No, he's uh five. Okay. Bad. Um Bison? No, he's right, I don't know. I'm just I'm taking shots now. Yeah. Adoya. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I feel like he's... Um, I guess it's just because he's been out more recently. Right? Yeah. It's hard to think about, but yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Been nice. out a lot, but still yeah. being productive when he's in. Yeah. Um, all right, let me do... Shots and shots on target. They both have the same top three. Okay. Should be pretty easy. 
All right. Then I want to go Carranza. Yep. Ua? Nope. Oh, that's... Well, he's he's number three. Okay. Godstock? He's number two. Yeah. Who do you think is number four for shots on target? Um... Well, these are uh, sh- shots on target, and then I'll do... The other one is scoring opportunities, scoring attempts. Oh, okay. That's... I don't know what that would be, how that would be different. Um, is maybe McGlynn? I'm going to sh- take a shot. Nah, Bedoya. Oh. I guess I should have, yeah, should have guessed Bedoya. Number four on scoring attempts? Yeah. Is Jack Elliott. Oh, okay. Wow. So it must be, it must involve uh, corners. All right. Yeah. That's um, true. All right. I'll do, I'll do two more. All right. Tackles. Who do you think are top in tackles? Give me the top three. Martinez. He's number two. Elliot. Nope, he's number five. Oh. Um, Glasnitz. Number three. Wagner. Wagner, number one. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Bonus point. Can you give me number four? Um, Flock. Ariel. Mm, okay. Yeah, Flock. Flock's a little low, but yeah. he's been out for a lot. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, uh, between two, but I'll go. I'll go yellow cards. Well, all right. That's Martinez. Martinez number one with nine. Nice. I wonder how that stacks up in the league. Um, Wagner would be maybe two. Wagner's tied for two with six. And who else would be there? Bueno, maybe? I feel like Bueno's got a lot. Nah, he did have two reds, though. Okay. Um, that counts as four. Um, <laughs> Glasnes, then? Uh, no, Bedoya. Bedoya, okay. Okay, yeah. All right, so you asked about how Martinez's yellows stack up in the league. Yeah. He's got nine. The most in the ten, the most in the league is ten. Okay. And... The top name based on yellows per minute. I'm guessing this is maybe not, but the most yellows per minutes played belongs to a former union player who plays on another team right now. Hmm. I would not have got this one, but he was one who kind of came up through the system, now plays in Charlotte. Oh, Derek Jones. Yeah. Nice. 10 yellow cards in only 1,700 minutes. Look at him go. Look at him go. So, cool. <laughs> well, thanks for playing stats yeah, with me. It's yeah. kind of fun to look at this stuff. Yeah, it's nice. Um, and anything your your fouls committed? Any guesses on that? Oh, that's actually this is a really good one. Wow, who's committed the most fouls? In, is this just Union now again? Just Union. Okay. Yeah, just Union. Um, I still want to say Martinez. Martinez is number three with oh. thirty-one. Okay. Tied with number two. So. Okay. Two and three have, have 31. Okay. Um, Let me tell you that. First place has 79. Wow. Is it Glasnes? No. Other side of the formation. Other side of the formation? Wait. In, in the back line? No, no. He's on the front line. Oh, Carranza? Carranza. Okay. 79 fouls oh. committed. Nice. The other one was Bedoya with 31. Okay. 
That's interesting. Val suffered. Uh, Carranza also leads that with 61, yeah. with second place being Gazdaga, 43. So the whistle is blown so much more for Carranza. <laughs> He's a yeah, 140 whistles blown for him or against him, whereas everyone else is like way like a third of his whistles. That's yeah. wild. That's pretty good. But yeah. all right, that's fun stuff. All right. I'm sure people are done listening. <laughs> All right. Do you want to do a quick prediction and then get out? Yeah. All, All right. right. So let's do um, just one game. Yeah, just just do Atlanta. All right, Atlanta two nothing Union. Nice. I'm gonna go three one. Nice. I'm gonna go Gazdag Granta. Nice. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Yula. Um. Wagner and Gazdag. Nice. All right. Cool. Um, cool. We've got stuff. Another podcast. We'll look at some of our preseason predictions as I scroll down and see these. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll save it. Ah, cool. All right. Well, uh, good job. Hopefully, people enjoyed listening to this podcast. It will be the last one until the next one. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll do a pre pre playoff podcast. Yeah, at least. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable thing for us to yeah, say. Commit to, yeah. I'm not committing. I'm saying we'll do it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Luke, good job tonight. Uh, thanks for listening, and keep on being good people. Union goal! Goal!